Hello, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musing of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined by, in the flesh, yes. the slim personage of Mr. Noah Tarno of Big Quiz Thing. How are you, Noah? I'm good. It's good to be together again. I'm back in New York. We are in the new uh, IDGI uh, studio. <laughs> That's what this room is for, right, Bill? <laughs> I don't get it, Industries. I don't get it, Industries Limited, LLC, <laughs> S Corp. Uh, no, it's it's Bill. Bill has Bill just moved to a very nice, fancy New York building, and there's a little screening room in the basement. We're sitting here, uh, formerly a bank vault. So it's pretty good, right? Someone could lock us in and suffocate us this, they, if they we don't do a good job. They today. spent millions of dollars to make it a room to two guys can podcast. Yeah, in. Yeah, all of this, can, all of this, all concrete, this is for podcast. All this is just for a podcast, done. Yes, all of this for you seven listeners. <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> I hope anyway. you're paying attention, Amanda Kuda. That's, we're doing this for you. So what are we talking about today, Bill? Um, well, again, we're lucky enough to be in person. And this is kind of a surprise because I, I didn't know in the outset because I was traveling and then you were traveling. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, this is just a nice little slingshot back to one another. So we picked a topic. Something I wanted to talk about was the show, The Orville. The Orville. The Fox show. The Fox. Well, I think of it as the Hulu show. Okay. Network right. ceased to have meaning for me. Network okay. ceased to have meaning for you, exactly. But The Orville is a program on Fox created he, he by... He needs to look up the Wikipedia I'm page. looking up Wikipedia. Right, yeah. Created <laughs> by Seth MacFarlane. He of Ted, Family Guy, American Dad, fame. Orville's a sci-fi... He did fame? He was in fame? He did fame, yeah. That was <laughs> Irene Cara and, yes. and Seth MacFarlane. And Seth MacFarlane. Uh, it was a sci-fi comedy show set aboard a futuristic spaceship full of varied yes. alien races. On a mission of discovery, uh, the cast features McFarlane himself in the lead, as well as Adrian Palicki as his ex-wife slash love interest and uh, Scott Grimes and a bunch of other... I've never heard of any of these people except Seth McFarlane. Oh, really? Literally, I've... he's the only one I think I've ever seen before or heard of before. Uh, the actors... Well, Victor Garber, who plays... Yes, the... I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I only watched two episodes, but I, I have enough. seen Victor Garber. He's Professor Stein in the Arrowverse. Yeah. So that yeah. matters to me. He was on and was then he's in a very memorable episode of Law and Order where he's a rich guy who gets a death penalty. He was an alias guy. He was on. Yes, alias. he was an alias. Yes. He, he's got a long. He's, he's, a been, he's one of those guys. He was the guy who designed the Titanic Character in Titanic. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, sure. He's carrying a pocket watch, walking around the deck saying, yes. I thought I built it. So Does he die? Does he die? Um, I, I think, remember. I don't know, maybe. I Does think his it, heart go on? His heart goes on. He rearranges yeah. the deck chairs personally. <laughs> He's the guy playing the violin as it goes, though. So um, that's it. I think everybody knows what this is. And the reason why we're talking about it is because it came out like the same week, practically, that uh, CBS All Access dropped their Star Trek series on the website backend. What the, I, don't, I think that CBS showed Star Trek Discovery Episode 1 on broadcast, and the rest have required you to get a subscription to CBS All Access. Really? So they're not showing this they're new Star Trek it. show? Your grandma can't watch it uh, well, on I mean, regular, normal TV. Regular normal TV. Yeah. I'm scared of my, my yes. Roku. Yeah. <laughs> no. The TV set attached to the computer isn't working. Alexa, Siri, <laughs> turn on Star Wars. I remember as a child when I first discovered the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. When I first had figured out the distinction between them. That, I also remember when I discovered the distinction between Muppets and Puppets. That's a big when deal. When I figured out that one was a subset of the other. That sounds like a sexual awakening. I'm not quite <laughs> that far gone, my friend. So there you go. We watched a couple yes, episodes of this thing. Yes, Orville. 
Let me kick it to you. All right, here's yeah. the thing. Like, so you're yeah. you're the agnostic, the Star Trek agnostic. Yes. Well, yes. Culturally, it's like a dead tooth in your mouth. Uh, well, it's a I, thing that exists. You're aware yeah. of it. You've seen a bunch of Star Trek. Yeah. I, so yes. So I was saying before, I've never been a Star Trek fan, uh, other than Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. I've never been grabbed by anything Star Trek. That's and a good seen, one. To, that's a good one to do. I've seen maybe most of the movies. Uh, and I've seen at least a couple episodes of... The thing with Star Trek, it was always the same for me. It was always... I remember, like, I'd be sitting around, flipping around the TV, and Star Trek would be on. i go, you know what? I should watch this. I like science fiction. I like, you know, stories that make you think. I like stuff from the 60s. I bet I'll have fun. I'm going to sit and watch Star Trek, and, like, 10 minutes, and I'm bored out of my skull. It just... It can't get to me. That being said, I've never been a Star Trek hater... I have no antipathy to, oh, I, I take it back. I liked, really liked the first J.J. Um, Abrams movie. Uh, so that's it. That and Undiscovered Country. All right, what about this, though? So, yeah. What does this do for you? Oh, Orville. so the Orville. So, okay, so I go into it, so I guess you could say that's already a strike against it. And at first, I kind of hated it. I'm like, what's the point of the show? It's not, I mean, it's a parody of Star Trek, but it's not very funny, and the acting is bad and the special effects look kind of chintzy. It's a comedy, but it's not funny. So there I'm sitting there with my usual refrain, like, ah, oh, fuck it, Hollywood, the most conservative industry in the world, lower C conservative. Oh, Seth MacFarlane's got something, push it into production. We love Seth MacFarlane. He, he's edgy, he's funny, he's wacky, the kids like him. This half-baked idea that needs a couple script rewrites and a lot more work gets greenlit, gets pushed just because Seth MacFarlane's name is attached to it, whereas a thousand more deserving, better, smarter, more finely honed projects get ignored because they don't have a name attached to them. So then I watched two episodes, and it's not awful, and I still don't like it, but I want to say I changed my mind about it, but I kind of figured out that maybe it's not really trying to be a parody of Star Trek. Maybe the idea is it's a modern version of Star Trek in that part of the reason there isn't that much comedy is because one of the things I think people like about the original Star Trek and I admire about it is there's a sincerity to it. Maybe that's what's going on here is clearly McFarlane is, loves Star Trek. And I probably said Star Wars before a few times. I'm sorry. Don't worry. They know what you mean. Yeah, they know what I mean. I like Star Wars is great, but we're not talking about that. All right. So clearly this is maybe more of a comedy and homage. And maybe part and parcel of doing a 2017 version of Star Trek being faithful to the philosophy of the original, maybe part of that dictates it needs to have more outright humor in it. That being said, it's not that funny. The only thing I find amusing and interpersonally charming or original is the relationship between him. So the second lead is his first mate, commander, whatever, who is his ex-wife. And the first episode, it's about how he bristles at her getting the job, and then it's revealed at the end that she pulled strings behind the scenes to get him his job. And, you know, he's, he's still bitter because she cheated on him a year ago, and that's why they broke up. So I like that dynamic. And so maybe it's not supposed to be satire, fall down the steps, funny Star Trek parody. Maybe it's just supposed to be a modern version of the optimism of the original Star Trek, and just the 2017 version has a lighter touch. You know, it's so good for it if that's the idea, but I watched two episodes and I never, ever need to watch this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, what's weird is that the, uh, the CBS series that is on the air right now, Discovery, well, I do like it, has had a tortured, tortured, tortured nascence. 
Who created it? Was it anyone involved it in was, Star Trek? It was Trek Stone before? Soup. Everyone created it. It was it was Brian Fuller, the guy who was pushing daisies, oh, okay. and um, Hannibal was the guy on the on the outset, and he walked away as almost as it was three quarters of the way through the production. Had process. he worked on any Star Trek anything before? No, no. That's why he was thought to be. Um, he might have been one of the producers of JJ's version. Okay. I think I, he might have been involved somehow. But this was going to be creatively the thing that he put his stamp on. My point is, though, is that there's a Star Trek actually on TV right now that the Star Trek purists hate. Really? Yeah, they don't like it because it reeks of um, producerial oversight. It reeks of complete timidity and trepidatious trepidation we need to please that we need to please the nerds and the casual people yeah and it's like yeah, it, yeah. it i like it but it honestly does not make a lot of good decisions but i like it because it still has it has a pretty like the people who are doing it are good i think the direction is good the fx are good the actors are good but the the conceit of it for me doesn't work and that's okay how's the conceit different from the earlier star treks um, the Wagon train in space was the original idea. Yeah, that's not what this is. This is war. This is, um, the, the, I mean, we're not talking about this, but um, the idea is that the, the, star, the starships of, of, the, of Star Trek are generally discovery uh, expedition. Right. You know, they're, out there, they're out there to find things. Bold new life to These go guys are they're out there to kill Klingons, and it's like it's kind oh, of a I little see. bit of a perversion of the method. And, and it's like not to say that there can't have been warships, but this show is b belligerent. And the Klingons look different, which I know people go crazy about the look of the Klingons. That doesn't matter. They're Klingons. But, but the point is, is that it was tortured. The upbringing of it was tortured. Um, and, and, and it went through so many different versions before it finally hit the air. And it looks like um, a gigantic Play-Doh that's all the colors squished together until it forms brown. Okay. Um, so the thing is, Orville is essentially a parody of Star Trek Next Generation, a show which right. went off the air in 1993. Right. Over 25 years ago. Right? Is my no. math correct? No. 24 years ago. 24 years ago. Oh, all right. Almost 25 years okay. ago. Our next episode, uh, we're going to talk gonna about why Bill doesn't get math. We're going to do calculators. Yeah. yeah. This is a show that's more like Star Trek than any Star Trek product is right yes. now. Yes. All right. Well, that's I mean, a good point. Whether it's the J.J. Abrams movies, which again, a lot yeah. of the faithful turned off from those, or this series, which is not a J.J. Abrams movie, and the faithful is turning off of uh, Discovery, this is very much in the mold of... Uh, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Next Gen. So, so not that I'm ever going to do this research, but if I were to go right now to a Star Trek message board, of which I'm sure there are a lot. I think there's at least one. <laughs> you think so? Yes. I once, just to see what would happen to me, I once Googled Star Trek and thinking like maybe <laughs> I'll be sucked into my computer if I do that. No, but okay. Let's say I go to a Star Trek message board. Let's say I go to the oldest surviving Star Trek message board, right? Mm -hmm. A bunch of nerds at MIT in 1986 started it, right. and whatever its legacy is today, list, thousands list of members, or, uh, yeah. there's probably a couple hundred people who check it five times a day. Are they expressing what you express? Uh, Discovery is disappointing, the Orville is good. Are they saying that? My guess is because they are bitter and they're flat. I, you know, this is my supposition. Oh, I, come, they're not that bad. I bet the you The Trekkies in my college got laid more than anyone else. No, I'm saying they're bitter. They're bitter about this Star Trek. Oh, they're bitter about this. I thought you just yeah, meant yeah. about life my, in my general. Impression is that, yeah, my impression is that they're going to do that. They're going to say Orville's more Star Trek than, Orv than Star Trek is right now. And the thing is, Orville's ratings... It's, it's not like we could check. Orville... Know? No, well. <laughs> Orville has been cleaning up in the, in the 18 to 49 demo. And yeah. it's, Orville's been kicking Discovery's ass in 18 to 49. For Interesting. Orville, wherever and that's that's worth. the demographic... Nuts and gum together at last. Nuts and gum together at last. <laughs> CBS All Access is self-selecting. for So you're trying to get people to go to a right. website or back end to do this. It, you really can't measure TV success like that anymore. Well, 
So you what can. would be a more no, Netflix? You can. It, it, it's just it becomes subscribers, which is a completely different so, metric. So what might be a more interesting metric? This is why I think it would be more interesting to read what people are saying or see what people are tweeting about more. I am just gobsmacked by the fact that this is more blatantly like supposedly Paramount and CBS flinched at doing just this kind of thing because they said it won't sell. We can't do this today. But, we need to reconceive Star Trek. But and you then, told me McFarlane wanted actually to do Star Trek. He wanted think, them to give him Star Trek. Um, I don't know if he wanted to give them Star Trek. I might have misspoke about that. I know okay. that he wanted to do something like it. Right. Um, well, he is. But he wrote this for himself. And right. it's like, maybe it's just because you had a guy like McFarlane with McFarlane's swerve. He said, I'm going to sell this to the network. Yeah. And McFarlane himself got it made. Like, maybe McFarlane could have said, I want to do the Adams Family for the 21st century. And maybe yeah. they would have said yes to that, too. That actually sounds kind of... Well, not not McFarlane not doing McFarlane. it. Not McFarlane. Okay. So... It doesn't, but I don't find that surprising to say that the Trekkers, Trekkies, whatever out there might be saying this is more um, Star Trek, you know, Orville's more Star Trek than, than the new Star Trek. Because, like I said before, you have the work of mainly a single mind who is clearly a, a Star Trek fan, a lover of Star Trek, sure. and I will give him credit, someone who understands, you know, unlike Zack Snyder in the DC Universe, I would say McFarlane understands what is special about Star Trek and why people have dedicated their lives to it. Well, his version of it, yes. Right. So you have that versus, like you said, Stone Soup, Star Trek made by committee. And it's kind of a no-brainer which one's going to turn out better. If McFarlane gets it, yeah. And look, I, I don't hate Seth MacFarlane. I actually kind of like Family Guy. You know, I don't want to defend it, but I enjoy it. Uh, I just thought he was... a piece of shit at the Oscars, but whatever, you know. Have any stories come out about him harassing anyone? Mm, not that I've heard of. All right, so he, he might be a good guy. Um, so, yeah, that, that doesn't seem surprising to me, is my point. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of funny, is that this, quote, parody is more true to the spirit, and it just shows that these Hollywood committees really don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, that, it's, it's like the ten blind men touching the elephant. That's whatever. our spin-off podcast. The Hollywood yeah. committees have no idea where their assholes are. Yeah. What's the, what's the old thing? A camel is a horse made by committee? There's a ship available, the USS Orville. And we're offering you command. Yes, I'm, I'm ready. You can count on me. There's a message coming in from Admiral Halsey. It says that an executive officer has become available. No. Be professional about this. Oh, please. There is nothing at all professional about this situation. This is my ex-wife, who I have not seen since my divorce, and you're telling me she's okay with this. Why is Orville popular? Well, that puzzles me a little, because it's not very funny, and like I said, the special effects are bad, and the plot doesn't suck you in. It seems a little amateurish to me. It seems like it needs a script rewrite. It seems like a... a, a unusually high production value fan movie of Star Trek. Yeah, which there are. Uh, so I don't know. It might be anything with the Star Trek imprimatur on it might have that boost. Hey, Seth MacFarlane, I love Family Guy. I'll watch it. Or it might be the people are morons. It's got or, the lead-in of NFL. Okay, maybe that's it. I mean, even in the post-Kaepernick age, I think that's part of it. I mean, I'm, not I, trying, I, I'm not dismissing what you just said. Yeah, I don't think of any of that because for me, I never watch TV when it's on yeah, anymore. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a bit of a puzzle to me. Honestly, it's a bit of a puzzle. Watching the first episode, I, I, I went, well, maybe this gets better over time like Master of None did. <laughs> it but, does not. But then I watched, I watched the first and the most recent, and the most recent was like this mystery, and it was just not... It didn't grip me at all, no. and I didn't guess the ending, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew it was something like this. It's not compelling. It just, it's, yes, exactly. It is not compelling TV. 
and the acting isn't good and a freaking alien girl just got like three ridges above her head and yeah, that's supposed to make her look really like an weird. alien. I mean, like, to be honest, that's what Roxanne Biggs Dawson had in in uh, Deep Space Nine. I mean, or not, was it Deep? No, she was in Voyager. That's, the, the makeup is actually right out of the um, Paramount lot for, yeah. that, that's very next-gen makeup. That's not too different from the it Ferengis. It's very cheap. Well, it's not, it's, I, th I feel like there's a lot of care put into it. Um, but the, you're, you're just at a prop shop that every day has to run new latex for every idea. It's like, oh, these are the Orthogians. Yeah. These are the Ipadians. <laughs> these are the Tarnovians. Tarnovians. And that's another <laughs> thing about the show, is that we're 400 years in the future and people are still referring to Papa Smurf and screensavers. You've got to let that shit go. That's yeah, the but, stuff that doesn't make sense. But you know what? Sense. Somehow Star Trek didn't do that. Well, Somehow well, Star Trek didn't get bogged down in that. Okay. Somehow Star Wars doesn't get bogged down in that. Here's the thing, is that Star Trek just started doing that. Like the J.J. Abrams versions of Star Trek when they're playing fucking Beastie Boys, that's it. Are they? Yes. They're the last playing. One. Oh right, when he's riding the. They played sabotage. But they're only like a hundred years in the future, right? No, they're more than a hundred years in the future. It's like three hundred years in the future. Three hundred, really? Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 and that's All right. right. I can believe that 300 years from now, someone's going to dig up music from 300 years ago because they do that now in music from 300 years ago. You couldn't become, record. I can't believe that Papa Smurf will still be a reference. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it's like this is the, the, the myopia we have is you're supposed to listen to this. Rather than use Deadwood-type jargon of recreating a language that doesn't exist anymore. I'm not asking that, and I'm not really upset that they say okay. I guess it's I, I, maybe I'm harsher on it because it is a comedy. That's what I'm saying. It's not funny enough. Either be absurd and ridiculous and make the Papa Smurf references work in an almost naked gun airplane way, mm -hmm. or don't be a comedy. And like, I almost feel like they can't decide. You know, I, I would say, I think that you, the first thing you said, I think was the right impulse to say. The reason why this is popular is because it's daring to be more like the most recent iteration of Star Trek than the actual Star Trek we're okay. getting. I think, it's, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's well done, but it is giving you a very a bright, past, not pastel, but a sunny-hued version with good-natured people being pleasant to each other, adhering to the Roddenberryan version of Star right. Trek that the one you're getting isn't. Right. And I, I would say, personally, as, as, as a Trek faithful, I'm not the world's biggest Trekker, but I have not liked... <laughs> I'm just imagining that person right now. I know. Well, I'm, I'm not... I, I did not like the... I, I hated the last, uh, the Simon Pegg... Justin Lin Star Trek, yeah, the, um, into, but Star Trek Beyond was terrible because it um, it just did not hold on to the, the the sort of tone and aesthetic of Star Trek. It tried to make it too much like Fast and the Furious, and it just doesn't work for me. This looks more like I spent uh, teenage years watching every single episode of Next Generation, and and the slowness of it, the sort of cable TV ness of it, right. all that stuff is you know yeah. you, you you switch in Jonathan Frakes and um, uh, Patrick Stewart and Michael Dorn, this is very much based on all those things. And so there is a bit of comfort food to it, a little bit of right. mac and cheese, right. but it's right. not done nearly as well. And, and we're in an era where comfort food is a big sell because all there is is mac the and world cheese. is burning down. It's the mac and cheese network. Right. Yeah, I know. This is why I spend my time reading old comic books. The child will be taken to Mockless, where she will undergo the corrective procedure. Captain Vorak, I will not allow that child to be taken off the Orville without Bordas's consent. Captain Vorak, I formally request tribunal. Tribunal begins. Would you like this if you were a kid? Here's a scenario, right? Let's say you, you, you watched Next Generation when you were like seven, right? So you're, you're maybe 10, 15 years younger than you are, or born later. And so you, you grew, there's literally no time in your childhood you don't remember enjoying 
um, next generation. And this comes along when you're like 17 or 18. Would you feel the same way you feel that it's comfort food or would it seem you know, like blasphemy or would you just not care? I might not care. I actually mm. might like it because first of all, it's spaceships. There's a lot, I gave a lot of bullshit that had spaceships in it in the past simply because it had spaceships. Okay. Call that the halo effect of Star Wars where a lot of bad sci-fi uh, sort of got its day in court. Right. Whether it stuck around or not, right. um, a lot of things came in what, under the what door. What was great about Star Wars was in the spaceships. No, I know. And that's but, the thing about science fiction. But the echo of spaceships and the echo yeah. of Wookiees and stuff like that. Right. And it, like that, you it don't gets have to, its foot in the door with you. Gets its foot in the door with me, exactly. Right. Um, I mean, Star Trek had its own thing going. But I mean, I think I watched Star Trek because of the star. I mean, like I, ha I had to look you at it. You don't want the Trek? That's this one. Trek was different. Yeah. I need to be sold on the Trek. Star yeah. I was there for every single day. Uh, but yeah, I think that I, again, quality, always, you diminish the knob, you turn knob down on quality, you turn knob down on my personal cynicism and skepticism, mm -hmm. and ability to sniff out what a good script is and whether or not these actors are good. I wouldn't have seen any of that. Like, I thought Jonathan Frakes was a great actor when I was uh, uh, 17, 18 years old. Jonathan was Frakes he was the a, guy with the beard, or was he the yeah, he one was, of the he was Riker. He was Riker. Okay. Um, he's a terrible actor. Um, okay. And yet, you know, that's what you got. Uh, and and okay. so, but I... I mean, that was legit a great show. That's the difference between these two shows. But the thing is, if I was, if I'm, I'm the age you're describing, I don't know that. And it, it falls in the wheelhouse. I would have no use for this. I see nothing in, the, you know, I never liked Next Generation. It never grabbed me. I mean, I said Star Trek, always bored. Whereas I love Star Wars, so what does that say about me? What about Stabblestar Galactica? Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. You know, I still think the freaking, you know, the, the big silver robot in the Star Wars ripoff when I hear Battlestar Galactica. So, you know, don't ask me. I don't know shit. Uh, the thing about science fiction is weird with me. Like, I always like superheroes, but sci-fi, and I like Star Wars, and I like Planet of the Apes, but really, like, space stuff, just, if it's space, I'm just, I don't care. Well, there you go. I was, you know what? And I, maybe this is connected. I was never a kid who was fascinated by NASA mm -hmm. or like, oh, the Challenger's going up, all this. Like, I know there are some kids who dream of going to space camp. That would have been the last thing I would have wanted to do. What about you? I mean, were you, did you dream of being an astronaut? Were you no, fascinated I, no, I did, with? I was fascinated with the, with the heavens, the astral bodies, but I wasn't, I, like, the actual space um, administration itself. The, the, I, you know, I paid attention to the space shuttle, but I knew right. nothing about it other than the fact that it was a device that people flew to get to space. Yeah. That to me wasn't what was interesting. Like the great red spot, the Oort cloud. Yeah. That was what was interesting to but, me. But not, not, not the human beings going up. No. Not, but, you know, the reason I, why NASA drank Sprite. Because they can't get seven up. Oh! Sorry. I just want to say I am thrilled to be your new captain. I want this to be an efficient ship, but also one that you're glad to be serving on. Lieutenant Commander Bordas, your entire species is male, isn't it? That is correct, sir. Probably not a lot of arguments about leaving the toilet seat up and that kind of thing, right? Marklands urinate only once per year. Really? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm up two, three times a night. <laughs> is it a sign of the apocalypse? You know, I feel like um, the, the part of it that really bothers me is the mediocrity of Seth MacFarlane. Oh, no Seth MacFarlane is a guy who's franchised himself into more wealth than you can imagine by just pretty much being a grinning jackass of a, of a burnt pumpkin. And I, I don't understand who he's got uh, pictures of. If, if he's so uh, affable, like we talk on this show about the Jimmy, the Jimmy Fallon effect, 
where someone is so affable and they're so compliant mm -hmm. that they just become somebody that you love to play ball with. Yeah. And yet, you and, know, and, and Hollywood executives think he's edgy. Right, that's the thing. You yeah. confuse him with some sort of cleverness because yeah. he's saying, I, I saw your boobs, and, and yeah. because Brian the dog is, is ribbled on, on Family Guy. Um, Seth MacFarlane made a terrible movie, I guess it was about two or three years ago, called A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yes, I remember seeing the ads. And he did it between Ted's, I think. I think right. he did Ted 1 and did Ted, Ted 2 last year. And yeah, it was so mediocre. And it's like everything he does is a spoof. Everything he does is a spoof. Um, and the thing is, that was a spoof that was toothless. And yet he managed to get A-list actors. He got Neeson on board. He got Charlize Theron on board. He got all these actors on board. And uh, it went nowhere, and he was terrible in it. And it was a feature-length dead script that felt like it got two passes. Yeah. They decided to film it. I'm not as harsh on him as you are. I, I mean, you made the comparison to Jimmy Fallon. I think, I think he's Walt Disney compared to Jimmy Fallon. Um, I'll say it again. <laughs> his like, head's frozen? <laughs> no, it's his whole body. It's his beneath body. the Pirates of Caribbean. Um, I will say that, um, you know, I said before I like Family Guy, even though... It is derivative of The Simpsons. I can't really put my finger on it, but there's something I find very satisfying about Family Guy in that, in terms of observational comedy, I think he, he's got a great eye for detail, like in day-to-day -day language, the way people talk, the little moments where people react. I, I like the, the almost small comedy of it. Um, so I clearly think he's talented. I agree with you. You know, He's not great, but people think he's edgy in a way they think Jimmy Fallon is. Uh, I just think he's more talented than that. Uh, and that, yes, this thing feels half-baked. Uh, I didn't think Ted was the greatest thing in the world, but whatever. Um, yes, and that it got, like, if it had been a no-name who had, who the Orville was his project, or even not a no-name, someone who was successful in another field, and they're like, hey, you want to give TV a shot? I'll look at, you know, you got anything to pitch me? It, it wouldn't have gotten out the door. Well, because it was Seth MacFarlane, it got greenlit. And, you know, they got people on board, and Victor Garber did it, and then, you know, the movie said Liam Neeson did that. I don't see that as a sign of the apocalypse, because, like I said, he's got something. It's better than me. I, you know, I'm not saying it, well, I don't know if it's better than you. I, I'm not saying it's a <laughs> sign I'm not saying of, he's a better person than I'm me, but then again, a, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a sign of the apocalypse myself. I'm just saying is that there are extremely, it's not even repellent. They're just, there's just a, like a, a, a baked-in mediocrity to what it is that can succeed in pop culture. If this guy is good enough to host the Oscars. Yeah, th th well, th I think everyone considered that a mistake, right? And yet he got it. I mean, it was a mistake before he did it. Yeah, you didn't probably. need him to do it to know yeah. it was gonna be a fucking bomb. Yeah, probably not. Give me the device or I will destroy your ship. Sorry, can you, can you move like two steps to your right? It's just a lot of dead space there. Just perfect, yeah, sorry, you were just very weirdly framed. What? Is my dislike yeah. based in jealousy? No, you don't get jealous of these people. Well, no, you do sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> I, either, uh, you're I either do or I, I bet don't. you Seth MacFarlane's done better with women than you, so you might be jealous sure. of that. that. Is he married? No, no, and he's a, he's Is a, he a he's, player? Yeah, he dated the, the, the blonde dragon girl from Game of Thrones. The blonde. Really? What's yeah. her name again? She's pretty. Yeah, her. You, you know what I'm talking about. That's right. Like, I don't know her name, but she's pretty. So I'm, I'm, my, really, I'm really an ally here. If I'm here. jealous okay. of anything, it's that I'm watching J.J. Um, Abrams, who had no great love of Star Trek, come in and get a shot at it. It's like J.J. Abrams is, is, a, is a competent technical filmmaker and even half a visionary, but not a full one. And it's like he wasn't the right guy for Star Trek, and they gave it to him, and it's okay. You got, you got two decent movies out of him. Then Simon Pegg, who loves Star Trek, turned in this terrible script, 
wasn't able to do it and was thought of as the, thought of as the right guy to do it. The people who were working on the Discovery series, um, you know, they are good TV people, but they feel like they're not right for Star Trek. And then Seth MacFarlane, who's not right for Star Trek, essentially gets to do Star Trek. And if, I mean, I could be, I could very easily well, be jealous of the fact that he gets the shot. I'm watching other people not do it, not do it, not get it right, not get it right. And it's like the next get it right, the next not get it right is Seth MacFarlane is doing it loudly and audibly. He's fucking up Star Trek, even though they're not calling it Star Trek. Yeah, this kind of goes back to what we said. I mean. Granted, I've admitted I'm far from a Star Trek expert, but I actually don't think he's fucking up Star Trek. I think he's fucking up TV because okay. it's not a good TV show. But as far as I can tell, he's true. And, and if our theory is right that these people on the Star Trek message boards are saying this is more Star Trek than Star Trek Discovery, he's not fucking up Star All Trek. Right, maybe he's not fucking He's Star fucking Trek. up TV. And he, he gets... They um, should have given him actual Star Trek, according to that theory. Well, if he was not going to make it a satire, but there's no way he could... Here's they, the yeah, thing. they'd only let him do he's it if he makes a satire. Gear, he's got one gear, he's got one speed, he's got one game. That's it. And well, but I think this is his backdoor way into having another gear. I think... He hasn't done it. There's no other gear. Your suspicion that he wanted to do Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? And that they wouldn't give it to him. So here, based on that suspicion, here's the scenario I'm proposing. He said, all right, they won't give me Star Trek, I'm going to do my own Star Trek. But the only way I'm going to be able to sell it is if I sell it as Star Trek comedy. So I'm going to put comedy in it. But I really don't want it to be comedy, so I'm going to minimize the comedy. Yeah. And that's how we ended up with this Frankenstein yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I will give him credit that he understands Star Trek. The Star Trek part of it at least feels true to the philosophy, even if I don't think it's that entertaining. But I don't think any Star Trek's entertaining. The referendum is of well, Seth MacFarlane, not the show. Yes. I mean, the Orville doesn't make me jealous, uh, other than the fact that Seth MacFarlane has enough swerve to actually... He's got the ball sack well, to go out there and say, I'm going to remake Star, War- Star Trek and not call it Star well, Trek. Well, that's why, see, that's why I am jealous, is the fact that something that doesn't feel done not only gets on TV, but gets all these people working on the special effects and the craft table the and all that. Yeah, yeah that, that he can move mountains in a way that I've never quite been able to. Let me ask you something. I, I am jealous of that. Is there an instance of a show and a parody of the show being on the air at the same time? There's only one I can think of. There, there must be. Flintstones and Honeymooners. Okay. Uh, would you consider in the 60s Batman a parody of Green Hornet? Because Green Hornet was the same type of thing, but it played it a lot more straight. But they were in the same universe, though. I mean, they crossed no, over. They were, so. and they weren't. I know. Um, you know I mean, what I mean? No one, Green Hornet, no one cared. It's just a historical thing. Like, I, it's so It's a good question. There's so, like, TV in the past had so little room for, for various things because there were so little options. So to, to take two spots... Well, for the same thing was was a big deal. Soap and Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman were on TV at the same time as various. And those were right, and I mean those weren't pointing at a specific show, but uh, yes, it was a type of no, show. No, they weren't. Yeah, I mean they uh, were you're, they you're, were pointing at a type of show that will be on until the end of time. Yeah. So that's a question for our listenership. Yeah. Can you think of it? I have another question for our listenership. Yes. We were talking about this before. Why is it called the Orville? Is the idea that it's named after Orville right? And that kind of makes sense, like you make spacecraft, one's the Orville and one's the Wilbur. Yeah, sure. If you'd like to find past episodes, look on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us at Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast.com. Give us a review on iTunes because and, we and love reviews. Give us that feedback, seriously. We'd also, also, we're always looking for ideas for new shows. Uh, if you, you know, something your kid might be into, or if you're young, you might be into. But, uh, you That's know. That's true. We're sick of having to 
talk to young people and figure this crap out. Yeah, so I, do it for us. I don't like their germy little fingers. Yeah, they're, you know, they, they don't respect us. Well, say those things on Twitter, at William Scurry is me. I'm on uh, YouTube, at uh, AM Caesar is my channel. Noah Tarno is at Noah Tarno. And he is uh, all about the big quiz thing. Yes. It's a huge an internet syndicate, a sprawling machine that um, goes for miles underground. Yeah, we have, we have tunnels all over the place. <laughs> um, BigQuizThing.com, corporate and private trivia events nationwide. Uh, on Twitter at BigQuizThing. And yes, I'm on Twitter at Nolatarno. I'm closing in on 400 karaoke songs this year. I tweet every time I sing. I'm at 368 right now. Bill, you and me, Friday night. That's we're getting right. a room. We, uh, I'm going to make it to at least 375. This is what's this is what's awesome about it. Is that we're going to do karaoke. We have done we've done karaoke, and maybe the last time was when I was in San Francisco in 2016. Yes, you came but to this the is, queer bar. With this yes. is the last time. This is the most recent time we're doing karaoke, and uh, yeah, I'm helping to. I'm, I'm propelling you. Yes. Signal boost to get your uh, total up for so sure. 400, and I'll, I'll win that bicycle if I get to 400. We're going to do 300 tonight, and you get exactly you get a, a set of uh, deck chairs. A set of deck. A set of deck chairs. All right, until next time. We don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.